Welcome to the second episode of How Haven't You Watched That? I'm Ariana. And I'm Luke. So today, as teased in the last episode, we watched the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic movie Commando. And this proves me right in not watching movies <laughs> in the 80s. Oh man. No, it like... Just... <laughs> I will say that Commando is not as good as Jurassic Park. I think that's a hard standard to live up to. Yeah, very true. But I still think it's worth talking about. Because it is a movie that obviously inspired a lot of modern movies. For example, Taken. And yeah, it's it's Commando. Which I also don't think it was a very great movie. Okay, bye audience. (laughs) I alienated everybody who likes Arnold and Liam Neeson and... Yep, uh, action movies in general. Goodbye, 50% of the world population. You still need to see Mad Max Fury Road. I, that actually a, sounds really good interesting. Movie. Anyway, so we watched Commando this week. Uh, Commando is an early 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where basically the plot in three sentences is uh, former military man's daughter is kidnapped. He tracks out where, like, find, tracks and find where she is and then murders everyone. Because he has a certain set of skills. Yeah, it's Taken. Just without <laughs> a good speech from Liam Neeson being awesome. So it was basically Taken with Arnold instead of Liam Neeson in the 80s. The trade-off is that you get bigger guns. Both, like, muscles-wise. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he looks really big in this movie. Let's talk about Arnold first, because I think he's kind of the... He's the thing. If he was perfect in this movie, it would have been a better movie. And if he was worse in this movie, it would have been a worse movie. Because he delivers some of those one-liners in, a mo- in about the perfect way he could have done it. I, there's, there were moments while watching him deliver those lines where I had this thought, and I was like, do you, do you understand these lines? You're kind of just delivering them so blankly. I lied. <laughs> Commander, you said you... Colonel, Colonel, no. Matrix, you said you'd kill me last. I lied. Drops him off a cliff. What happened to that man? I let him go. <laughs> like, there, there's something so 80s and yet so perfect about the use of one-liners in that movie. Like, literally, for the first hour of the movie, every line said is either exposition, set up for a one-liner, or a one-liner. And there should have been more lines in less 35 minutes of car chases at 40 kilometers an hour, but, you know... The ones they had were good. I think that's what kind of got me even remotely excited. It was that you kept on promising me good one-liners. And they were great. They were very anticlimactic at best because I was like, oh, is this a one-liner? Oh, no. He's dead tired. (laughs) Honestly, I appreciate your reenactments of them more than watching it in the movie because in the movie, like, you're just... You're pulling them out of context, and you're pull, playing them up in terms of how important and how awesome. No, like every like he, everybody kills anyone. There's a one-liner afterwards until you get to the final action sequence. Like Arnold is basically the the beginning of the movie is just like a montage of being a dad. <laughs> That's the first five minutes of the movie. Is look, it's Alyssa Milano and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they're it's he's a dad. By the way, Eddie's hair is very confusing for age because I looked at her at the very first shot and I was like, she looks like she's maybe 16, 18. That hair is very confusing. Yeah, it's very similar. Like 
little girl hair in the 80s is very similar to woman hair in the 80s, <laughs> which is weird. But yeah, I think that was really interesting the way like they started off so like saccharine. Like mm-hmm. it was, they go hiking together. They go fishing together. Look at this, just dad and daughter having fun in the wilderness. And then a helicopter shows up. This is two movies in a row now that the plot has begun when a helicopter shows up at this place. <laughs> and Someone basically, dies. yeah, basically the general who used to run Arnold Schwarzenegger's unit shows up mm-hmm. and is like, all your men are dead. People keep killing them. They probably know where you are. And Arnold's like, you just led them to me. You fool. <laughs> is, it, is it a general if it's, he's from the Navy? Yeah, it's weird. I thought it was a, like a common. No, it, it is, but he's supposed to be army. He's just wearing all dark blue with naval hat and naval insignia. So I don't know why the general General Kirby is dressed in naval wear while claiming to be army. But again, it is called commando, not army ranger. So <laughs> maybe they're just going for all-purpose commando. He works with everybody. But yeah, he was a general. Um, special ops. Yeah, he's a special ops crazy person, and basically the whole. First five minutes of them talking is like, I'm, they're not as good as you were. You're the Mm. best ever. No one can stop you when you got going. Put your team back together. And he's like, my team is dead. I killed them all. And you led them to me. No one knew where I was. I was off the grid. (laughs) And basically the bad guys show up while everyone's still there. And they, like, this helicopter leaves. And within 30 seconds, both the soldiers that were left have been shot by bad guys. They were very ineffective soldiers. They were the best soldiers ever. They stood there and just got shot. They didn't do anything. It's like, well, like, who are these guys? Are they your best? And generally, yes. These are our best. They're not as good as you, Arnold. To be fair, though, they never missed anybody. Which is a thing you cannot say about the soldiers on the other side. Or anybody else in this movie. <laughs> but to be fair, they missed because they didn't shoot. They didn't miss because they didn't shoot. Like, literally, it was like, oh, the helicopter's gone, the helicopter's 50 feet away, bam, there goes one of the soldiers who's going to get shot too in the stomach, and he's basically out. Yeah. Now, Arnold's like, I will go run and get my gun from the shed, because he's got a gun shed or something. Well, you know, once you're ex-military, you got to have your collection of guns. Hey, daughter, hide on the opposite side of our property from my gun shed, so that you can be conveniently taken while I'm en route to my gun shed. <laughs> This is also where her bed is. Also, hiding under the Come bed. Come with me. I'm the super commando with the gun. Oh, to be fair, it works out well that they didn't go with him. Because what happens to Arnold? He gets shot at. I don't... And then he gets he gets shot on the way over. He gets his gun. He gets back in the house. She's gone. He yeah. gets in his pickup truck. But they've cut all these, like, like CPU cables. <laughs> they put into his truck because <laughs> trucks don't have like power supply cables running all over them and he has like handfuls of cables that have all been cut and it's like well i know what i'll do i'll just push my truck down the hill and he does because he's arnold and, like they, they the thing i liked about this movie one of the good things about it was all like the just pure actual feats of strength because yeah. arnold at that point is so unbelievably ripped and so unbelievably strong yeah like there's a scene where he like pushes the truck down a hill and it's like yeah. the truck is like pretty big truck and he's like pushing it up on like rough road yeah. and he's like he doesn't look straight he's like just pushing and he's fine he pushes it down the hill jumps in the truck he's like I couldn't do that if you gave me like two hours like and I think it was really interesting because you mentioned to me while we were watching the film that like at that point 
the studio that he was working for and Arnold himself wasn't big enough to actually hire stunt doubles yeah. or whatever. Or no, because no one could look like Arnold yeah, and he, be convincing. Yeah, even in the Terminator, like he did a lot of his own stunts because he's so gigantic and big. Yeah. Like, I think there's one shot in this movie where they obviously use a stunt double, the one with the plane, where he's on the, on the wheels of the plane, and the guy just doesn't, is obviously not Arnold. <laughs> okay, I don't really remember that scene. So I'm going to take a break here and I'm going to explain to you guys who are listening. Um, a thing I have. This is my rating for movies. If I fall asleep during this movie, I don't like it in general. Yeah, that happened a couple times in Commando. I it, shook you awake twice. I don't. Did you shake me awake? I remember like kind of jolting awake, being yeah, like, "No, I, shook... I, I can't, I can't be asleep for this movie. I gotta do a podcast about it." Yeah, but to be fair, I forgot having like not seen Commando in probably eight to ten years. It's been a while since I saw the movie. Yeah. I remember really liking it. Man, the first hour of this movie, nothing happens. Like. The first five minutes are action-packed and fairly yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. And after that happens, um, basically the part we've gotten to now like in the actual story is yeah. around the end of the action. He chases him down the hill on his truck that he pushed down the hill. Yeah. He crashes his truck because he doesn't have steering or power or brakes. It's just a big cart going down the hill, down right hill. Now. It's a mine cart. Yeah. yeah. So he pushes it down the hill. He gets captured because obviously... When you don't have control of your vehicle and you're chasing ten guys, yeah, they're they're probably gonna catch. They catch him and they're like, "We don't want to kill you. We want you alive to do our dirty work." All right, kill and this general who trusts you from when you saved his country. No, no, no it was kill this president so oh, I yeah. can be president. No, no, but he used to be a general, so he was like, oh, I see. "You worked with Velasquez. Kill him now for us. He trusts you." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, I won't do it." And they're like, "We have your daughter." Here she is all tied up on a wheelie chair. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, plus, he actually, there were a lot of lines, especially at the beginning of the movie, where he could almost pass as like a guy who doesn't really have an accent. That goes away very so fast, though. For me. Yeah. Like, in the very beginning, you're right. He's like, hello, General. Yeah. I am speaking in a very calm and not accented at all voice. Okay, you're, you're having it up more than he did. No, no, it, it was. Like, he was... This is back when Arnold wasn't going full ham yet. Like, he wasn't mm-hmm. going into the hammy stuff. Like, when he got to, like, even the first Conan movie, he was legitimately trying to be a mainstream actor. Mm-hmm. Commando and Terminator, trying to be a mainstream actor. After a little while, he realized that I don't need to be a mainstream actor because I'm making my own genre of movies. Mm. So, like, Conan the Destroyer, stuff like that, he hams it up a lot. You get the huge, like, what are you doing? Like, the, the very like, the stereotypical Arnold thing, you know? I'm not good at Arnold. Like, I'm not good at impersonating him, but, like, he does that thing that everybody knows. He doesn't do it that much in this movie, because this is still early. This is still early Arnold. Yeah. I think it, I think it was really interesting to kind of see him. Like, this was... What I heard about this movie, and what I was expecting coming into this movie, was that it was going to be a, is Arnold. And that... So I was like, okay, what do I know about Arnold? He's big and ripped, and he has a really thick accent. I got the big and ripped. The accent came a little bit more towards the end of the movie. As he got more emotional in the movie, his accent came through more. Which actually speaks well as him as a person. Yeah. Because he was actually, like, he was trying to feel it. Like, you could see him trying to act. Yeah. He's not particularly good at it. He's very wooden. But, again, the guy's, like, a farmer from Eastern Europe who is like, oh, I'm going to be a movie star. I'm just going to work out a lot. 
and do steroids and get gigantic and ripped and that will make me a superstar. And then he did it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the guy doesn't have to be the greatest actor in the world. He starred in 30 motion pictures, something like that. He was a governor. Governor of a state, married a Kennedy. Like, you know? It's taken off all the things on the bucket list, really. But, uh, the actually, thing about Arnold is actually true, is that he made a list of things he wanted to accomplish in his life. He wanted to be a movie star, he wanted to marry Kennedy, and he wanted to be, I believe he said president at the time, but not knowing you couldn't be president mm. if you were born outside of, the, of America and you were not yeah. an American citizen at birth. Yeah. So he settled for governor of the biggest state. I think, or most populous state, not biggest. I know. I think I don't still don't fully believe you. So I would like a link, and I'm sure our listeners would really like a link. So yeah, look this honestly. Google Arnold Schwarzenegger's goals. It's there. It's a it's a commonly it known fact about Arnold. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Luke to kind of put a thing in the doobly doo. Yep. Yeah, it'll be there. Because the thing about Arnold is that like the guy is impressive. It's an, he's an impressive guy in a lot of different ways. However, I will say that the movie really did not make the best use of his talents at all. Like, especially the first 40 minutes. Because after we get that really interesting, like, daughter being kidnapped scene where he's chasing them, he's in a hot pursuit the whole time. The second he gets captured, the movie's like, okay, that was way too fast and high octane for this high octane thriller. Let's take this down. I'll slow this down to like 20 kilometers an hour. This is school zone speed now. And literally, some of the car chases in this movie that happen in the next 40 minutes are unbelievably slow and obviously filmed on not closed roads because there are a lot of cars driving every other way and they did not close the roads. They just filmed their cars driving around. I legitimately don't really remember these car scenes. I remember waking up almost every single time that there was a change in cars. And I think, I remember thinking like, wow, these are like fantastic 80s American muscle cars. And I wish I knew more about cars. Well, that, that Cadillac line at the very beginning was excellent with the villain guy. The, one of the villains walks into a Cadillac dealership and is like, like a yeah. salesman's like, hey, uh, how do you like the new Cadillac? Cadillac. Did I mention Cadillac enough times to get this endorsement for Cadillac? I did. Cadillac, the American car. Cadillac, they're great. And he's like, you can try this Cadillac. You know, you're going to really want the vinyl. The, the, like, yeah, leather's overrated. Yeah, get vinyl yeah. seats. Yeah. Which another one of the most 80s things you can say. You don't want the leather, get the vinyl seats. Yeah. So the guy sits down in the car and says, what I like best about this car? The price. Then runs over the guy and drives through the glass window at the front of the driver with his new Cadillac. That, that guy was one of Ar- um, Arnold's old army buddies, right? No, no, he's one of the villains. He's one of the villains. Yeah, the, the, basically the one who's his buddy was the Bennett guy, the Australian. Okay. He's the only one who was one of the old army buddies. Oh, okay. The other, the, that's a team that he put together. Right. So basically one of Arnold's old army buddies who the generals had had been killed right. faked his own death. Right. Because he wants to draw Arnold out. And Bennett was the crazy eyes man. He was the crazy eyes man who... Was just kind of a creep. Yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of a creep. Although I will say, the just being kind of a creep thing is most of his team. In yeah. that, the the main female lead was introduced because one of the bad guy's team was a creep. Yeah. Arnold's like, I must follow this man and find out where he's going because he knows where my daughter is. And he starts following him. And this guy just basically stalks a flight attendant that he finds very attractive. Keeps chatting up to her. She keeps not responding, saying, go away, you're harassing me, I oh, don't wow. want to see you, I'm kind of glad go I slept through this, then. Oh, no, it was, it was, it, it, 
like he's like a tiny little annoying guy. Yeah. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, good looking. Hey, and follows her around. And Arnold's like right behind him. Yeah. The whole time. The guy's like, they never do the shot where he looks behind Arnold ducks behind something, but yeah. you can tell they wanted to do it. They just, yeah. they were able to hold some self restraint. <laughs> but basically. Really? Well, oh, that scene would have been awesome. They should have done it. It would have been <laughs> hilarious. But like basically, he's like, hey, hey, gorgeous. What do you. And then Arnold shows up and he's like, ah. Which, and the flight attendant is, like, the most amazingly talented person. This flight attendant is not just a flight attendant. She, like, knows martial arts. And yeah, also, she's a black belt in judo. Also, we mentioned that she flies, she has a pilot's license. She flies literally any aircraft. She can land an amphibious plane. Of course. Yeah. It's not like that's incredibly difficult to do, and a couple flying lessons would not teach you enough to land an amphibious plane in rough waters. Especially an old school one, which, admittedly, you didn't even know what the controls did. Yeah. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But yeah, yeah this, this flight attendant is the biggest, like, oh, we need somebody in the movie to be on Arnold's side. We need a female lead in the movie, and we need yeah. a person of color in the movie. She. So they checked off all the boxes and got well, a female person of color... Mary Sue to be in the movie for him. Which I think was, like, really unexpected for the movie. Like, if I were to... If I were thinking about this kind of movie, it was, like, the great 80s machismo movie, I would not have expected a woman of color to be in it. Well, the thing at is... At all. Like, in any role of importance, so... Yeah, and I think that one of the things that we think now is not actually as true as we think it is. Like, even look, look like at 60s movies, there are people of color in prominent roles in movies. Like, for example... Like, Driving Miss Daisy is one of, uh, an amazingly good movie with Sidney Poitier. That's a great movie. And you've never seen it, have you? No. Yeah, of course. Have you seen Two Star <laughs> with Love? Keep no? any movies and eventually maybe I'll say yes. Okay, so I think... I was going to ask this at the end of the podcast. We're going to watch Two Star with Love next week. <laughs> That's a little pre-80s. But it's just a great movie that I want to I make you watch. <laughs> you'll, you'll really like this one, I think. Probably. Because... Especially after this movie, which you were not a fan of in the slightest. I think I owe you a good one this time. I think, I think to be fair to Commando, the end of the movie was enough that I could stay awake without really trying. Mm-hmm. If I was to guess, do you want to hear my theory on what happened with Commando? Yeah. Here's my theory. So they shot the opening sequence. What like, this is awesome. Yeah. Let's shoot the ending sequence because we need like, the big action stuff done first. Yeah. And they went so overboard, they ran out of all their money. And went, well, all we have now are three car rentals, courtesy of the car companies that were are paying us. Cadillacs and Porsche. (laughs) And more Cadillacs. (laughs) Another Porsche. Weird how all the cars they drive are Cadillacs or Porsches. We'll get a Chevrolet in there. Yeah, there's one Chevy. Yeah. yeah, there's one, the big Chevy truck at the very beginning that he yeah. drives down the hill through tree and it's yeah. fine. But but we don't like them, so we'll show the internal cables gutted and see how unreliable they are. Yeah, because it's not a Porsche or Cadillac. <laughs> Obviously. Who would have ever trusted a non-Porsche or Cadillac? I mean, <laughs> those little people. <laughs> that so, Eastern European farmer there was got, getting it well, wrong. He, he wasn't Eastern European farmer in the movie. No. He was but... Amazing Commando. John Matrix. He was American man. I don't know what his last... His, his name was like it was Tom, Matrix. It was like, it was like John Thompson. No, no, Matthews. Was, John Matthews. John Matthews, yeah. The Matrix. But they call him Matrix. Because Matrix is a cool name. And to be fair, that's a pretty cool name. It's like, oh no, we got Matrix on our tails. Like, yeah, that actually worked. Yeah, I like that. As a code name call sign thing for like an action hero, 
Matrix is a pretty good one. It was really good. Especially because it's pre-The Matrix. So, like, there was no, like... It's also pre, like, VGHS where, like... Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. If it's pre-The Matrix, it's No, way... I, I know. But, like, I was thinking, like, people with the last name Matrix who got called The Matrix. That was, like, the only one I can think of. Because <laughs> I know nothing about pop culture. Yeah, you're referencing something from, like... Three years ago, as <laughs> the longest back you can go. Anyway, okay. I think that it's it's a good code name. Like it works well. It you get the idea that he's like in his black ops community, people know exactly who he is and are rightfully terrified of him. Because mm-hmm. what we learn in this movie later is that Arnold has a mutant power, like Magneto. He can make bullets not hit him. Because <laughs> at least I assume that's what happened. Because. At the end of the movie, the final 35 to 40 minutes of the movie is a gigantic firefight where it's Arnold against the world. Which actually, I thought that was actually it was, pretty it, interesting. It was really right? good. It was it was well done. They did a little bit too much of the, I'm going to stand out here in the open with a light machine gun under one arm and just kind of like swivel my hips <laughs> and kill everything. While all these men in sni- with sniper rifles in towers with elevation and range advantage and are not getting shot at yeah. miss me for hours. Yeah. Again, this is where his mutant power comes in. He had a codename because he's really a secret X-Man. <laughs> he's one of the secret X-Men. No, no, no. Matrix. He had a codename because they knew the Matrix was coming up and, and the he bullets don't bullets. actually exist. Oh, what? That actually makes the most sense at all. Because the thing is, the only thing that ever hurts him in the movie at all. He gets shanked. He gets shanked. And he's, he's mainly fine. Yeah. Even then, he's still mainly fine. Yeah. Like, o- the only Bennett at the very end of the movie can hurt him at all. Yeah. He's in car accidents. He's in plane accidents. He drives his car down a gigantic mountain. He gets beaten up while in custody. He's fine. Yeah. But I think that that speaks to the whole idea of the machismo thing where you're like, you drive big cars. You have big guns. And you are invincible. The first car chase, he didn't drive. The girl drove. He ripped the seat out of her convertible (laughs) as one of those feats of strength. And he threw it away. And also, I got it wrong earlier in the plot. Arnold didn't actually come out and save her because she scared him away. Yeah. And he went like, you handled yourself well. Follow him or I'll kill you. <laughs> and she was like, ah, okay, I guess I'll follow him because you're going to kill me. And he rips the seat, passenger seat out of her car. And she like freaks and she's out like, what about this. And she's like, what are you this? doing with my car? And she's very shrill. Yeah. She's very shrill. There's a lot of scenes in the movie where she just I is like... I don't understand what's going on. I don't know how to use a rocket launcher. Why did you give me a rocket launcher? What is this? Yeah, so basically what happens is he gets her to follow. And one of the funniest images in the movie is he's sitting there in her car on the ground of the car. <laughs> See, he ripped out the seat. And he's taller than her on her seat. And she's not a short lady. No. He's just gigantic. The thing about Arnold is it's really hard to overemphasize how just large he is. And I think it was good how in the movie, like later on in the movie, the girl goes, oh, cops, help me. Because I'm being forced with this gigantic man to do what he wants. Help me, cops. And the cops are like, wow, I'll handle this pretty lady. Don't worry, I'll handle... I need backup, and this guy is... (laughs) (laughs) And it was almost that quick. It was like, I can handle him. Who is he? This guy in the green t-shirt by the pillar. I got this. Turns the corner. I need backup. This guy looks huge. And he gets like eight cops 
and Arnold's like, I don't want to hurt you. It just kind of like pushes them all over, like <laughs> picks one up and throws them at the others and knocks them all down like bowling pins. And then all people are like things, children in Arnold, this please. in this commotion. The bad guy goes, oh, no, he's still here. He's supposed to be on a plane. That's the false time constraint in this movie is they send him on a plane to this wherever it's supposed to be. They kept saying Velasquez is the name of the person who they're trying to want him to kill. But the place they're supposed to land was an awful lot like Asia. So I'm really kind of confused by oh, that. really? Well, it, it, was, uh, that's, it, was all, it was all like Chinese writing, like Mandarin writing, oh. all the stuff at the airport on the other side. What? So it's really confusing that they want to kill Velasquez in China or Hong Kong or Taipei. Maybe That'd he escaped weird. to the yeah. protection of the Beijing custody. Maybe he's in Taipei, maybe he's in Taiwan or something. I don't know. All I know is that, like we're going to get you to kill Velasquez in, in Asia. Whatever. So sure. It's actually basically it's Arnold a Spanish version of San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't know what I'm trying to think of a good name for that. I can't think of one. I guess San Francisco kinda of works so that San Francisco is Spanish. So that works. Thank you, Marvel, for Big Hero Six. <laughs> but what I think what I was gonna say though is that the false time constraint is that they put him on a plane at the beginning of the movie. They're like, mm-hmm. You're gonna kill this guy, and if you don't kill this guy, um, we're gonna kill your daughter. So he gets on the plane. Immediately kills the guy on the plane with him. And he's like, don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. <laughs> then he promptly sneaks off the plane. Yep. By jumping down from the wheels. And the one scene that's very obviously not Arnold. Because <laughs> the guy like the guy who hits the ground and rolls. And they cut and it's Arnold standing up. And it's like, right. that guy is not anywhere near the size or shape of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> he is probably a foot shorter. And not anywhere near as large. But he could jump the 20 feet and land in the swamp without dying. So, you know what? There. You can well, pretend to be Arnold if you can yeah, do something that well, impressive. Good, it's a good use of a stunt double. Is in a scene where the actual actor would be in real danger. Yeah. Stunt doubles for things like falling out of a bed are stupid. Stunt doubles for things like jumping out of an airplane that's 40 feet above the ground and actually doing the stunt. Because back in the 80s, they actually did the stunts. Mm-hmm. That makes sense on a level that, honestly, I think that we've kind of gotten past. So basically, Arnold now has to be not spotted by a bad guy, find out where they're keeping his daughter, and then rescue her. So in the big commotion with all the police officers, he gets spotted. Mm. And this is the next feat of strength. The guy goes to the payphone. He's like, look, we're a quarter. I need a quarter. Oh, and he lifts up the and payphone. And Arnold rips the payphone off the wall, shakes it till the guy falls out. <laughs> And the guy gets up and runs away because the cops come back and start chasing Arnold again. But, like, the thing is, that didn't look like a fake phone booth. Like, it was attached. You could see the spots on the wall where it was supposed to attach. And Arnold just grabs it and is like, I don't care this is attached. And it's gone. Or is very well Or just a well-done practical effect. Faked, yeah. But what I would say is there's no other good practical effects in this movie. So if it was a good practical effect, it was the only good practical spent effect. Spent all their budget on a telephone they booth. Fought, they spent all their budget on that last scene. And the helicopter and plane, probably. Yeah. Helicopters are expensive. Especially if you want to fly them near cities. Oh, well, yeah. And they didn't really fly, they fly... They didn't really fly in a city. They flew way out in the middle of, like, the forest. Yeah, but... Well, they, they, they landed at the end, too. So you're right. They, they flew it twice. Yeah. So yeah, they had a helicopter for multiple days. They rented an amphibious plane for multiple days, I assume, of shooting. Either that or they got very efficient with time. They got some, like, nice fake real guns. They, they, they looked, the guns looked pretty real, especially the rocket launcher. Like, that looked like a pretty good fake rocket launcher. 
Really? I, I thought it looked like... I, like they, are, they are really weird looking. Like, a rocket launcher really okay. is very boxy and square and, like... Because I've seen, like, digital art of rocket launchers and I'm like, really? If they're these... Well, see, that's a very 80s rocket launcher because, like, a current rocket launcher is more like a grenade launcher more than mm-hmm. a rocket launcher. People don't... Like, the rocket launchers can reload so they can use the tube forever. Yeah. That's old school, like, 80s rocket launcher, okay. which is... This is a one-use thing. It's got four charges. When it's gone, you just throw it away. Can't be used again. And this is where we see one of the funniest scenes in the movie by mistake. They did a lot of funny things in the movie on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of the one-liners are legitimately good. I still maintain this is, like, peak one-liner for 80s movies. They're so funny. I love the one-liners. And you're shaking your head at me. <laughs> they're, they're not enough to save the movie. That's true. Do you know what? Like, I... I will say I changed my opinion on this movie having watched it again with more modern eyes. Because <laughs> I watched this when I was 17 or 18. And I really liked it. I think I must have been doing something else at the same time. Or something that distracted me during the 25 minutes of them driving slowly in cars after somebody. I think... I don't know. I think it depends on what you have to compare it to. I can imagine watching it in the 80s and you didn't... I, well, I didn't watch it in the 80s. I'm not no, no, I, I know, I know you're not. But, like, I'm saying that, uh, like... I watched it was 18 or 19 back in the 80s. <laughs> no, no, What I'm trying to say... I wasn't even one year old in the 80s. I... What I <laughs> let me finish my sentence. Um, what I'm trying to say is that, like, if you imagine when it came out, not that you had that experience, <laughs> but, you. like... I'm not old. Compare, <laughs> comparing to movies of the Arrow and, like the kind of big action movies of the era. Like, that pacing is not terrible. It's a little bit on the slower side when it is slow, but it's well, fast. The it's biggest go- thing, though, if they had done the car chase sequences on closed roads going fast, this might have been a way more entertaining movie. Because the, 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 the pace... The, 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 it, it, the, the pace of the movie would have kept being fast. What they kept doing in this movie, though, was short, intense bursts of something... They're like, look, we're building tension. We're like Jurassic Park. We're just going to build slow tension. But they didn't build slow tension. They just kind of like slow things happen for 20 minutes. Yeah. It wasn't tension building because Arnold's looking at his watch. The time keeps decreasing. They still got nine hours left. Yeah. And he's roughly nearby. So nine hours. He's going to be fine. We all know this from the beginning of the movie. There's going to be the big showdown. We know that. It's an action movie from the 80s. Yeah. And then at the very end of the movie... Doesn't save the movie, you're right. But man, it makes it it makes you wonder what would have happened if they had like more budget. Because it's it's obvious they didn't have any budget for that middle portion of the movie. Nothing happened. And you can tell they wanted to make things happen too, because when like the first five minutes, all these weird things like a wall broke and a really cool and like like the bullets ripped through the wall and the wall fell off and like that's not an effect you can do very easily back then. That's not an effect that you can really do that easily even now. Because they're not real bullets. But I find that real bullet hole, like bullet hole shaped things appear in a wall. Right. And the wall all collapses in on itself. That's a cool stunt. And you can tell that they had, like, they had ideas they wanted to do. But since they ran out of money, most of them turned out to be Arnold doing strong things. <laughs> and, okay, I like the strong man act as, next as, the, like, as much as the next guy. Like, I think... I like the feats of strength aspect of this. Like, I like that he's just a huge guy. He's like, yeah, phone booth, whatever. Just rip it off the wall. Car seat, yeah, no big deal. Rip it open. Oh, there's a big door blocking my way into this guns. I'm just going to rip the chain off with my hands. 
That's cool. I like that. That's a good, like, I'm an action hero thing. It is not a replacement for plot <laughs> or for character. Well, he doesn't really have any. No, he doesn't. That's 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 kind of Arnold's flaw, and he's great when he doesn't have to. But, and to, but I, his writing didn't give him anything either. I like, think, to be fair to Arnold, well, they, they gave, gave him, him one-liners. They gave him no. Like, yeah, his character is he's quippy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't give him. He's a good dad. <laughs> that's literally the only and even then they didn't give him any lines for that they just gave him a five minute like hunting in the woods but there was also like how was your day Jenny I oh yeah Arnold you're right, you're right. But but like, before the action starts he like how was your day I was just with you all day but how was it <laughs> did you enjoy our time together answer yes I'm a big strong man <laughs> well it could also it could be like Arnold expressing very deep psychological very deep psychological depths. Wow, that is not redundant at all. But, like, Arnold being like, oh, yes, I really care about your feelings, Jenny, daughter of mine. Deep depth is important, just like shallow shallowness. Exactly. And long cat is long, and... <laughs> <laughs> but I think what would have been interesting if they really wanted to play up the middle part of it, and I was thinking about, like, how could you do this on a lower budget? Mm -hmm. The middle part is okay if it belonged in a different movie, I think. It just didn't really end up contributing to the end plot. Where, and I was thinking about this, and I was like, okay, if they ended up making the middle part almost like a, the princess is in another castle kind of bit, where yeah, he kind yeah. of storms into what he thought, and this is very standard now, like what he thought the lair was going to be, and then wrong. all of a sudden he was wrong, or it was a trap all along, and yeah. you know that would have been right. Because what the problem what they had was around twenty minutes into the movie, he gets off the plane. Yeah. And literally for the next 45 minutes, he has the exact same goal and makes very little progress. Yeah. It is find where, where find out where she is. Yeah. And literally nothing he does finds where she is at all until the flight attendant finds a scrap of paper with airplane fuel and he instinctively knows where they are. It's a lot of it. It was like just very, um, yeah, like dumb intuition. Yeah, because he has no intuition. Most of the, oh, that's actually not true. He has crazy intuition on where they're going to go. Yeah, he just knows that. He finds like a hotel key in the guy's pocket. Like I know exactly which branch they're staying in. And it's yeah. like, how? Yeah, that's just a pretty fair question. How? Yeah. <laughs> but no, he just goes to the right one the first time every time. For a movie about finding someone, there seems to be not a lot of like the whole finding aspect. It's just like yeah, it's following people it's 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 a lot of like oh i'm on a uh, i'm on a hunt for this person let me just follow my hunch here yeah and i'm right and my hunch again and i'm right well and then the very end of the movie they're like call this is code commando calling general kirby we have code commando calling general kirby send all the army to us question for you arnold gets in a plane half an hour before that and is flying to this island with access to this self-same radio. Why not call them? Because he, he tried to reach General Kirby. Once. Before. Yeah, he tried one time and was told, who are you? And, and went, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he didn't tell him, like, call General Kirby, call Commando, call General Kirby. And General Kirby shows up right after the gigantic fight scene's over. Arnold killed everyone on the island and is like, 
clean off my mess and then leaves. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we could have called them before. Yeah, but... Had the backup. That backup doesn't seem to be very useful. The two best soldiers got shot in the gut. That's true. Like, literally yeah, right. seconds. They're his best men. He didn't have... What? He didn't have any men left. They all died. Because <laughs> I think... What I think is honestly interesting. I like the idea what you said there before. Like, where they're like... They, they could have had to have a misdirection or like... Yeah. And they kind of almost tried that. They're like, he made the... That's his hotel where the key is. Yeah. But it's like... Not... They didn't really lay that trail like they no. could have done that yeah and you're right and it would have been an easy way to keep it more invested like i'm gonna get my daughter back and then i'm going after the people who took her exactly and but it turns out he didn't get her back and they still have her and it's like way more tense now because exactly. they now know he's coming and they have her but they're so scared of him they can't do anything to her because they know that if they kill her he's gonna kill all of them and she's still bargaining she had to hold him back yeah and like that would have been a way more interesting thing but instead they went very basic now to be fair this is kind of one of the more early attempts at the Taken formula. Yeah. Taken, honestly, I still think, is the perfect expression of that form of movie. Taken is the best Taken there is? No, no, but like, <laughs> I, I feel like Taken is one that elevated the Commando style into its own, like, mm. ta- Taken is a good movie. It's not, like, a deep mm. movie that's going to change the way you see the world or anything, but when it comes to making a competent action movie, Taken's very good at what it does. It's high-paced, you're always moving, he's discovering things, he's tracking down people. Like, Taken's a good way of saying how he kind of should have been done with finding people. Mm Because he's like, okay, I know where this is, I'll track this guy to Belgrade, because I know he's in Belgrade. Yeah. I know this gang operates in this area, because I talked to my my friend, the police chief, and he told me this area, and I'll go here and I'll find this guy, I'll interrogate this guy, find out where they are. Okay, interrogate this guy, find out where they are, go find her, save the day. Yeah. Instead, this was, I'm just going to follow him and hope he leads me to her. Yeah. He didn't, and, and all the guys are now dead. Well, I guess I have no leads. Hopefully, something will just fall out of the sky and give me the location, because I killed everyone who could have told me. Yeah. I think the whole thing that you said mentioned earlier, where like every line is either an exposition or set up for one-liner or, or one-liner, one I think that's great, because you're right, it is one of those, but... I think it needed maybe like foreshadowing lines where like maybe these lines were setups for plot. Or even better, future one-liners. Because <laughs> they did one of those. It's the best one-liner in the movies where yeah. he drops the guy off the cliff. I love that. He's like, I'll tell me where she is and I'll kill you last. And he's like, I don't know where she is, Colonel. I don't know where she is. And then later on, he he's holding him over the edge of a cliff. He's like, Colonel, you promised you'd kill me last. I lied. <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he said, he actually, he it, was, says, he, it, was, it was even better. Yeah. He says, I remember what I told you, yeah. I would kill you last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Curtis, I yeah. lied. And then the girl's like, what did you do with him? I let him go. <laughs> I think that that's a really good, like, oh, that's just, series. And of... I think the best one on the movie, though, like, seeing on its own, without the big setup and for, like, the setup and payoff, is the very last one in the movie. He's fighting his arch nemesis, the old member of his team who hates him and is a crazy, crazy person who like Bennett. abducted his daughter and is like a, just a psychopath, like licking his knife and like. Yeah. And the guy was laughably not in shape compared to Arnold. Uh, the guy had a big beer gut and a big paunch. No, no, he they were going for the like the big strong bear kind of guy where yeah, you have the Arnold's, paunch because you have. But he's bigger than him though, and it, that works if it's like six foot four big bear type guy versus like five eleven martial arts guy. That works. Because big size and strength advantage loses to good skill over time. Yeah. When Arnold is three inches taller and 
40 pounds more of muscle. It's like, this is, like, the very thing they do to make it even make any sense at all is he immediately loses access to one of his arms, and it's still laughable, because he's, like, got, he's holding the one arm with the knife above his head, and the guy's pushing it down with one arm, it's like, he ripped a phone booth, he ripped a seat off a car, he just, like, grabbed it and just pulled it out, the guy's one arm can't hold the other guy's one arm, that's silly, but then, at the very end, he picks up a tube, <laughs> like, it's weird... Good thing there's all these tubes lying around in this basement. No, no, no. they were in like a, a, boiler a room. compound, yeah, and then that was the boiler room. You're right. Yeah, they're, they're setting the boiler, and the guy tries to push Arnold's face into like the molten, like the steel on the inside, like the boiler and the furnace and all that stuff. And Arnold fights him back. He just puts the guy's face in it, and he gets thrown backwards. Like, grabs the gun, like I have you now, Colonel, or like any last words, some stupid like yeah, m- the, like monologue. The thing. evil villain yeah. thing. He's like. Let off some steam, Bennett. Oh, no, he throws no, it he first. Throws it first. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Arnold grabs a pipe and just throws a pipe at him, and the pipe goes through Bennett into like the steam chamber for the for the boiler. Yeah. And he threw the metal so hard it went through a person. And then metal. And then through metal. And basically steam is pouring out of his stomach now through this tube. And he immediately drops the gun and is like, Well, I'm death dead now, I guess. And to be fair, he severed his spine. So yes. you know that's you know? Fairly accurate. I think but you like, think maybe while well, someone's like grabbing him and throwing at you, maybe you pull that trigger. I think the physical effects of this movie were actually really good. The limited ones they tried to do. Well, the ones that they could manage to do were good until you got to the point where it was like, oh, we got a few flares and some fake guns, and we don't have enough blood bags or enough war paint. For Arnold, <laughs> who painted like one line of war paint on himself, and was like, "That's enough. I don't need any more." I can't disguise six foot four of pure muscle. I'm just gonna put one stripe right below my bicep to highlight it. I'll put one stripe here on the on the triceps. You know, you gotta go make that shadow. Just it's like. contouring for men. Yeah, he's a bodybuilder. He knows how to do that. <laughs> so he applies his his war paint in the least war painty way of all. Um. We didn't. We didn't mention the part where the flight attendant fires a rocket launcher at the, we did. the police. No, we didn't because this is the part that I liked what happened there. In that she's like, "I read the instructions. I can do it." Fires it backwards. She pushes the trigger away from herself <laughs> and fires it over her shoulder and blows up some poor guy's car. Well, to be fair, I don't really know how a rocket launcher works. So the fact that she didn't blow herself up, I'm a little bit like, wow. Because she read the instruction book. She should where, have known what the Where problem. are you going to... Where on earth was that instruction book? That's something that was never adequately explained, or does it really need to be? But I think that you can It was part of her flight training. Rocket launchers? <laughs> she had instruction books on all sorts of artillery. Of course. Rocket launchers was one of them. Not this particular model, so, though. So, a question for you. Last week for Jurassic Park, we both liked the movie. Yeah. This week, neither one of us is super thrilled with the movie. On a scale of 1 to 10... First of all, what would, you give, what would you give Jurassic Park? We didn't talk about that last time. Oh, I'm really bad at giving movies ratings. Like, my ratings always tend to be like, oh yeah, that was fantastic. If you give it a letter grade, what would you give it? A, like an A. Okay. Oh, like it's a solid A, And a what plus. would you give Commando? Are you going to go Needs F? improvement? Wow. So, <laughs> are you, are you, is that like a low C for you? Or are you saying that all the way down to F? It's the, I'm going to use a Canadian letter grade system and not offend anybody, so it's an I for needs improvement. Or N, N for needs improvement. That's, that's not, the thing that's different, that's not even a grade. No, it's not. That's that it's not even finished. No. It was finished. It's 
Oh, would man. you call it a D? Would you call it an F? What would you say? I don't think it would be an F. Actually, maybe. I don't think it was a failure. I think that it didn't do its job very well. But it did do the job. It was a very successful movie in the box office. It made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Like, it, when it came to launching Arnold's career, it did that pretty well. Mando and Terminator made him into a star for years. And Predator. Yeah. Again, have you, you haven't seen Terminator either, have you? I haven't seen Predator either. Predator's okay to miss. Like, if you're going to miss one of those movies, Predator's the one. Right. Commando's one you should miss. Mm. If, you haven't missed, if you didn't miss Commando, you should... Terminator's the one you have to watch of that group. And again, we're going to get to all these movies eventually because they're the good ones. Like, Terminator is a legitimately good movie that has Arnold in it. This is an Arnold movie. As Arnold movies goes, it's good. It's like, it's like when Adam Sandler was in Punch Drunk Love. And it's like, that was a good movie with, Ar- with Adam Sandler in it. But it's not an Adam Sandler movie, you know? Did you know the difference? Like, it's not... Yeah. He didn't make the movie. He yeah. was in a movie that was good. But it's not an Adam Sandler movie. He was yeah. just in a good movie. Yeah, yeah, it's not like an Adam Sandler-esque movie. I think yeah. this movie is way more fun to talk about in retrospect than it was to watch. We haven't even mentioned the terrible music. Oh, man. <laughs> like. It's, it's made Luke speechless. That's it's how bad it is. It's so bad. <laughs> like, what was your... What, you, ha- you said something really funny when it first came on. You remember what it was? I, it's something about, like... I don't... Actually, I don't remember. You said something very similar to, is this really the music? <laughs> it was like, I think it is. <laughs> Cause like I'm I'm used to bad '80s music, especially a lot of bad like '80s power ballad music. Music oh, we didn't or like get power whatever. ballad though. Or 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 even like you know rock music. Well, and, they did one song of that at the very very end, and it was way more awesome than yeah. everything else yeah. they did. I remember when it came on, I was like, oh, I actually like this. This should have been the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, crazy. It's almost like every big action movie. It was really weird though. It was almost like, like pre-techno kind of, mm. like a lot of like, like heavy percussion, heavy like yeah, very bad. It drums. didn't really have any sort of rhythm to it. There was rhythm, but it was just really dumb and bad. And no, no, no. It was like if they took samples of three different songs all with a different time signature and just was like this is cool this is cool it's like this is so annoying and whatever you just hum there was way more interesting than what was well no that that was the theme like the that actually is that's the music of of this movie and maybe we're just spoiled because the last movies we watched were Ant-Man and Jurassic Park, which both had and excellent And I re-watched movie. Big Hero 6, and, and I yeah. remember how amazing Fallout Boy is. <laughs> but the thing is, all these movies, even Big Hero 6, had a great soundtrack. Yeah. I think we're way more expectant these days of a great soundtrack to a movie. Because yeah. movies don't have bad sound very often anymore. Yeah. Movies sound, like, on point... Even bad movies, very often, will have a great soundtrack. Yeah. Like, even that, like, what's that movie you showed me? The David Hasselhoff song? Oh. Like, if, oh, Come Fury! Yeah, if that one there had been the main song of Commando, oh, man. 
Do you know how much better the movie would have been just with better music behind it? Man, I, I didn't even like Kung Fury so much. We might watch that. Yeah. Yeah, it won't really fit on this show. We might talk about it anyway, just because yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. Because the thing is, what we're getting to now, there's a couple movies I haven't seen from the 80s I want to watch too. Yeah. And well, I'm, what I'm going to try to do is if, we're, if we ever do that, I want to get somebody else on the show who has seen it. Yeah. Which sounds really nice. Or we're going to do a reversal episode at some point where... Yeah, where there's movies I haven't seen that you have. Like Shutter Island? Yeah. Which is like the only one I can think of, really. <laughs> there aren't that many, but like, yeah, Shutter Island's one. Um, glaring holes in my library. I've never seen the first Godfather movie. That's so weird. Okay, so Have I was... Have you seen the Godfather? No, not yeah. at all. I was actually literally having this conversation with someone yesterday about podcasts and not having seen movies, and also on another podcast. I've seen and Godfather said, Part 2. He's seen Godfather 2, but yeah. not Godfather 1, and doesn't know how it happened, and this is just a really crazy weird See, I do know what happened in Godfather 1. Like, I'm aware of the movie. I've seen large chunks of it, but I've never sat and watched the whole movie. I, so, I know nothing about it. And that's a, apparently an excellent movie if you sit and watch the whole thing. I got very confused. I will say the second Godfather. Well, yeah, well, no, the second one was actually really good. You don't okay. need to see the first one. Like you completely, oh. un- you completely understand. Like they, okay. they tell you in very clear ways what happened in very mafia esque ways. You know, mm. like those people knew what they should not have known. Okay. Where are they now? Huh? Where? What happened to them? It's like, oh, okay. Obviously, they're dead. Okay, we get it, mafia. We get it. Okay, don't kill me. <laughs> that's, that's what I would say if the mafia existed, but it totally does not exist. Don't come after us, mafia. You. If they existed, they wouldn't come after us, right? Yeah. They're, they're well, I mean, if they tried to come after us, there's the NSA, right? which I mean, which doesn't exist. Yeah, I wish one of those things didn't exist. I wish both of them actually didn't exist. That'd be great. Anyway, now that we're on hit lists. Yeah, now that we're on multiple watches talking about rocket launchers and the NSA <laughs> in the same podcast. I think we gotta buy because we're also talking about Commando, and obviously that is true. Any military professional loves that movie because that is the most accurate, on point. <laughs> Man, I, I just wish that technology they portrayed in this cool sci-fi movie of the bullet shield, I wish that actually existed. Because like, either he's a mutant or he's got like a bullet shield of some kind. Maybe he is a Terminator. He just chugs off the bullets. I don't know. I think we should just give the 501st Legion a little bit less flack for being bad at shooting. For those of you who don't know, the 501st Legion is a stormtrooper regiment. You also <laughs> should not know that since you've never seen Star Wars. That's okay. For some reason, she's aware of the 501st Legion as a concept as of like three days ago. <laughs> as I've, of actually this morning. As of this morning? Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll get you to watch Star Wars now. Maybe we'll watch Star Wars in the next couple weeks. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. I want to get you to watch Empire Strikes Back, the second one, before the new one comes out. Okay. Because Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. And that's not a subjective statement. That is an objective statement of fact. It is the best movie in the Star Wars franchise and will likely continue to be the best movie after 7, 8, and 9 come out. I am not enthralled by the Disney version of Star Wars so far. So what you don't want, like <laughs> Idina Menzel singing "Let It Go" in the new Star Wars movie? <laughs> what I really don't want is spoilers. I don't care. Spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled on Star Wars, don't listen to a Commando podcast. Okay, I'll maybe I'll cut that part out. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> All right. So we watched Commando. 
you gave it a needs improvement, I think I'll give it like a C. Because it did competent things sometimes. I think... Maybe a C minus. I think, I think again, it's way more interesting to talk about and think about in retrospect. Like, you know, true. like, if I were a teacher and this movie was a kid, that would be the troublemaker kid who is a little bit, like, needs improvement. And then nails the essay question at the end. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, kid, you were not fun in my class. I had to work hard with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fail you, it's but okay. partially because I don't want to have you in my class next year. <laughs> no kids left behind. So we're so far off track now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been... Oh, I thought we were going to keep going. I have a little bit more oh. to talk about. Okay. I'm not sure. This has not yet been. Uh, Please continue. Give me a couple of seconds. Let me collect my thoughts. No. Go now. Oh man. <laughs> I was I was having I had this thought earlier. Mm-hmm. So I think Commando is very interesting to analyze as a very stereotypical macho movie of the 80s. And I think mm-hmm. it's really interesting to look at cuz we didn't really even talk about characters at all. This there is, are no characters though. Yeah, yeah, but like the if they're characters, they are stereotypes that you know and can access really easily. They're, yeah. they're practically archetypes. Mm-hmm. Where you have like big, strong man who doesn't give up anything because he has values and ethics and loves his family and drives a pickup truck. And there's slimy... Maybe bad guys. Yeah. There's slimy little weasel man who's trying to like pick up on chicks and doesn't like take a no for an answer and then tries to like slam his way out of everything. There's crazy eyes McGee who There's super shrill lady. Yeah. But like all the time. I, I think like I think Bennett is actually a really interesting character because what he does that especially that like whole really wide eye look sniffing and then like looking down his nose. That shot that shot is so Iconic? I, I don't the, the think one really Commando good does thing. it, but yeah. The one really good thing they did for characterization this entire movie is at the very, very end, the main bad guy, Bennett, is pointing a gun at Arnold. Yeah. He's got him 20 feet away, 15 feet away, gun trained on him with his daughter behind him. Yeah. He has won this thing. He's, got, he's single-handedly won. Yeah. And Arnold's like... I don't think the daughter's in that scene, by the way. No, no, she's, no she's there. She's in the... He, he's not like... He doesn't have her, but oh, okay. like she's running to a dead end. Bennett's oh, chasing her into the dead end. Arnold comes up behind him. Right, right. So he doesn't have the daughter yet, but she could very easily be right there. Okay. Yeah. Like, Bennett has her trapped. Okay. And Arnold shows up and is like, I know you don't want to shoot me because you want to feel the blood drain from me with your very hands. You want to kill me with your hands, Bennett, you psychopathic monster type. Like, that was like, because he's obviously a crazy person. Yeah. He's been obviously a crazy person since the very scene you see him in where he's like, <sighs> And he's like looking down his nose and like his chin's all pointing in a weird direction and he's like, he's obviously a crazy person who hates, hates, hates Arnold's character. Yeah. And he's a nutcase and that's very obvious. And the guy who played him did a pretty good job of conveying like super creep psycho. Like, yeah. But I, I'd like to see like all those little bits of like character traits and those actions because they're so stock now that if you mm-hmm. like... 
were to draw, do a cartoon or do any kind of TV show, as soon as you start doing those actions, you understand what kind of character he's supposed to be. Yeah. But like, I would love to be able to track, like, where did those come from? Like, and it what? would have been good if he had been the one out in the world doing all the bad things. Mm-hmm. Like, Arnold was chasing Bennett, and Bennett mm-hmm. kept throwing other people in the way. Bennett kept throwing the other people at him. Yeah. Like, he was chasing Bennett. Yeah. That would have been better, because Bennett was a good character in the movie. Like, he's one of the few people who actually had a character at all. Yeah. And he was crazy psychopath, man. Yeah. And what did he do the entire movie? He was kind of leashed and then just kept on licking knives. And... He kept licking knives and being creepy to a like, 12-year-old girl. Yeah. That's a little bit weird. It would have been better to me if, like, th- they have this crazy psychopath guy who yeah. is a capable actor. He's not amazing, but he's not, he's by no means the worst actor in the movie. Yeah. Have him go out and do some of these. He should be the one with the Cadillac, you know? Like, yeah. to be fair, the guy who did that scene was awesome. Like, he did very well as well. But, like, there's so many, like, bait, like, I'm a little goon type characters mm-hmm. that should have been just replaced by Bennett and his henchmen. Yeah. And Arnold can't quite stop Bennett, but he stops the henchmen. And it builds up to the Arnold can't quite stop Bennett thing. Mini bosses, I'm thinking about video yeah, games exactly. right now. But, like, that would have been it. Like, Bennett is the actual main boss where he's not the one who's ordering Arnold around really in Commando verse, but he's the muscle. But he is the main clever guy that like he's the he's the ultimate showdown. He's the one who Arnold knows. He's worked with Arnold. Yeah. He is there specifically to bring down Arnold. Yeah. That's why he's there. Yeah. And he even says that straight up in the movie to the guy who hired them. He's like, "You need me." Yeah. If I'm not here and Matrix gets here, Everyone here is dead. I'm the only thing standing between you and him. Well, everyone's dead anyway, but he made it more... He was right. He made it last a little longer. Yeah, he was right. He was the only one standing between them. Yeah. Didn't count on being one of people taken out as well, because he was just taken out just like everybody else. Yeah. But yeah, I will say Commando does not hold up as well as I thought it was going to. I legitimately thought it was a movie that you would not really like, but I thought it would be a movie that you would tolerate. Having watched it, I could see why you didn't like it at all. It's, again, I think... Nostalgia glasses do help this movie. I think part of it is that, like, I do have... Like I I mentioned earlier in the episode, I have this bias for if there's, like, an extended amount of, like, time in a movie where I can fall asleep, that tends to bias my views because maybe I've missed important scenes. Maybe you didn't. I'm not entirely sure. I feel like I slept through a lot of very slow car chases. Yeah, you didn't sleep very long. You slept pretty... You didn't sleep very much at all. You didn't miss all that much. You didn't miss really anything that was worth watching. Like, literally, you watched the one scene that was interesting where you kind of followed the girl down and she kind of proved that she had, like, a backbone. Yeah. Because that's the thing that, like, in the movie, she's way too brave a lot. She's brave with no military training and without Arnold Schwarzenegger's bullet She's a black belt in judo, though. Well, kind of. I don't know if she's a black belt in judo. She said some, she's some sort of martial art. She has a level of competency in. Yeah. I don't remember what. I think black belt in judo is probably wrong. But like she has some level of competency in, some level of martial art. Yeah. She's taller than the guy who is being a creep to her. She's yeah. bigger than him. And she's like, just leave me alone. He's like, you don't know what you're missing. Sugar. Well, like, that guy was a creep. And again, <laughs> they got pretty good creeps in this movie. I will say, the creep factor was high. Yep. I just wish they had more, like, 
But they didn't really do any creepy things, though. Like, they did, like, one creepy thing each. And it would be, like, what you should have had instead was one big creep who did all the creepy things mm-hmm. and a bunch of muscle. I think... I, I like the idea of the hero being able, like, I can keep almost stopping the bad guy, but he, he keeps getting away, and I catch, like, one of his little guys every time. Because that's, like, a thing, like, a very, it's a very Batman thing with Batman yeah. and the Joker. And, like, yeah. that kind of interplay where the Joker keeps escaping by the skin of his teeth while Batman tracks down whoever he's, you know, like, that kind of thing really is compelling. Because by the end, you're rooting for the hero, and you know yeah. this guy always gets away. He always gets away. And you're really rooting for him at the end is to stop him. Because he's obviously, he's the guy who's the creep. Right. That would have been better. But that being said, I don't know if it would have been the same movie. I think you brought up something really interesting when you talk about that is like, oh, one person doing one creepy thing each. Where I think almost with this movie, if I think back on it, there's almost too many ideas that people are like, oh, you know what would be cool if we did this? You know who would be oh, a yeah, good villain yeah. if we just did this? And then they couldn't figure out a way to like weave it together very well. So they yeah. kind of just did it all and was like, yeah, we'll toss all these balls in the air mm-hmm. and we'll juggle it. What it and seemed it was just to me, like, if I was going to guess, Commando was written by more than one person. It was like, man, wouldn't it be cool if X happened? Wouldn't it be cool if Y happened? Wouldn't it be cool if Z happened? Z happened for our American listeners. And basically what would happen is they had all these cool little vignette ideas for yeah. a movie. Yeah. And they kind of went, no, oh, put this one here and no, put this one over here. And it's a movie. And it's like, it kind of worked. But, man, if they had connected those vignettes together in a competent fashion without 40 kilometer an hour car chases, <laughs> like, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. I think I'm with you there. So? Yeah, this has been the second episode of How Haven't You Watched That? Yeah. Um, We're can... on Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. I'm so excited. Yeah, we got approved to Stitcher today. Yeah. Um, you can always find us at SoundCloud. And on Stitcher, you want to type in Explore Media, that is... That will find all the podcasts on the podcast network. Yeah. Um, we're working on a secondary feed on Stitcher for just this show. Um, for some reason, it's not showing up yet, but we're working on it. So yeah. in the next couple of days, hopefully it'll be there. So in that little search box, you want to type in X-P-L-O-R... Media. Media. And there you're going to find a lot of cool stuff. We have a movie podcast for the two of us. We have a... It's going to be a comic book podcast up there with a couple yep. people I know from my... Uh, Circle up in the next probably three to four days. Actually, when this comes up, it'll probably be up around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be really cool. Um, by the time this comes up, uh, what's the next movie that we're doing? The We're going to do To Sir With Love. To Sir With Love. With Sidney Poitier. I, okay. He's so good. You can look forward to some teaser art on... Uh, our Tumblr, website, Facebook, something. All in the of our social, pages. In the social media world. <laughs> and yeah, um, please, if you like the show, give us a like, give us uh, anything you can. Just honestly, just the biggest thing you can do is come back and listen to the next episode. Yeah. Because, yeah, like we have a surprising amount of likes already, a surprising amount of views already. Um, we didn't really expect that many from the beginning. Yeah. So it's really cool. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Keep me... Keep me motivated to update my awareness of important cultural items. Well, what I'll say now is that when someone talks about Arnold Schwarzenegger being funny, you will now actually kind of understand what that means. 
I'm gonna be like, no, I find your impression of Arnold funny. Because I always found that funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for watching, listening, whatever, consuming the content. Well, you're gonna watch it like I've watched all those movies, right? Yeah, totally. You just kind of read the Sparks notes and (laughs) use context clues to figure out what actually happened. Have a great day. This is Luke signing off. This is Ariana. Peace. <laughs> Intro and outro music is Daily Beetle by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons 3.0 by Attribute.